Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What's up, legends? Welcome back to another episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. We're joined by a very special guest today. Dylan Buckley, for those of you who are podcast listeners, I'm sure you've come across Dill's show, Dylan Friends, which is just, it's gone absolutely nuts ever since he's finished up as a professional footballer. So Dill spent time with the Carlton Football Club uh, and then finished his career at GWS um, before moving into, I guess, more of a, a media role, I guess you could say. Um, you know, Dill is an incredibly insightful person, um, has a great sense of humor and has a really, really effective way of, I guess, communicating with his audience. And, um, you know, I've listened to his show for some time now um, and, you know, I'm very grateful for his time on today's episode and we had a really good conversation um, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. So if you haven't already, make sure you go and check out his podcast. As I said, Dylan Friends, he's also, uh, I believe, started his own kind of agency um, or, or production company, which is called Producey as well. So make sure you check that out. But again, a big thank you to Dill for joining me on this episode, um, and I hope you guys enjoy. Dill, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, mate. It's a, um, it's a bloody pleasure to have you on. Oh, mate, thank you. It's, um, it's an honor to be on. I know we've been planning this for a while, and it's finally good to get in the same room, and um, it's just good to be doing podcasts in person. How good is it? I know I've, I've, the last few weeks I've try, been trying to bank up a lot of these, these guest episodes, and to be fair, like probably the past two years, I reckon I've done two episodes in person with guests. So just to, to sit down with someone and have a proper conversation is, um, and especially meeting someone for the first yeah. time. I don't know how, how you found it throughout COVID, but like throughout lockdown, I did so many episodes with guests that I've never met in person. Yeah. And you still build that bit of rapport and connection throughout, but it's just so different. It is. It's different. And it's like, it's funny because I think when... Oh, look, I'm already I'm already DMing with you now, but I, I like I was thinking of this thing the other day, um, and I saw it was like Simon Sinek was saying yep. things about introverts, extroverts, and mm-hmm. like the classic thing is, I'm like this guy and I love chatting, a bit like yourself. You know, if you have a podcast, you obviously love talking, mm. um, and you straight away think like, oh, we're extroverts. But I didn't realize till like 12 months ago, it's it's not what you are; it's where you get your energy from. Yep. So. If we go to these situations where, like, you're in a party or you're catching up with all these new people when you get out of COVID, um, you know, from what they were explaining, and I hope I picked this up right, it's more in terms of how you get your energy. And sometimes I feel like when I'm around too many people, I'm doing too much with events and catching up, mm-hmm. it actually drains me and I get, like, really tired. And that's yep. when I feel like I'm like, fuck, I can't keep up with this. And mm-hmm. when I, um, I'm at my best, it's sort of like, you know, when I'm, I'm more you know picking and choosing where i go and staying yeah. at home and you know doing things that i like doing because i think it social things really do drain me a lot shit yeah i reckon that was one of the be- biggest and best things i took away from covid probably one of the only good things yeah. to be perfectly <laughs> fucking honest but um is just that is being being able to be really selective with who you spend your time with and i mean you, we've always had the choice but like mm. you said you almost get to this point where you're on autopilot and like you said you end up at events you end up in the same circles all the time and, and not to say that you don't get along with people but you realize pretty quickly throughout lockdown like who are your actual friends and people that you you go you out need. of your way to check in with and, and who go out of their way to check in with you um and you know working with clients face to face i'm so so um familiar with like how 
how much you feed off other people's energy, yeah. good or bad. You know what I mean? You can spend an hour with someone and, and finish the hour feeling on top of the world and motivated and have conversations like this and really take a lot out of it. Whereas the same thing, same thing goes the opposite way. You know what I mean? Like you can spend an hour with someone and get to the end of it and go, thank fuck that's over. Oh, yeah. And you kind of feed off if they've got negative, negative energy, you kind of take that same vibe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more, man. Like that, you know, the whole concepts of, you know, you are who you surround yourself with is, 100%. is something that I had to learn very early. Like, I, I was probably what you alluded to um, in my, you know, my youth, I was that negative energy. Like I would just bitch and moan and everything, you know, was never my fault. It was, I would always blame someone else for my problems. And if I was in a bad situation, it had nothing to do with me. Like it was yeah, just yeah. the cards that I was yeah. dealt and had to really quickly realize that you are controllable. You know, you, you control everything. Mm. Um, well, not everything. There's always exceptions, but you, like one of my favorite things that really sort of always centers me and brings me back is like you, um, it's not what happens, it's how you react to it. Yeah. And I think I it's just that. like my favorite thing, like I say, I say like w- what I try and do is is just always come back to that because don't get me wrong, like I bitch and moan all the time. Mm. But as soon as I get that quote and I get out of my system, all right, sweet, fuck it, move on. It's not what happens, it's how I react to it, it's what I do next. Yeah, that's um, it. And I, I love that. I think a lot of people hear that kind of saying and, and think to themselves like, well, how, there's fucking no one on this planet who could just have something horrendous happen to them and just go, oh, fuck yeah, this is great. No. But it's more so about not sitting in that sitting in that negative negativity for too long or having a half an hour hour a day whatever it is to kind of sit in it and and feel the whatever the shitty emotion is and mm. then just focus on what you can control and move forward i was chatting to a friend the other day actually like literally about this conversation and he was um you know something had happened to him just you know with work and he's like oh fuck it man i'm over it i'll move on i was like man you can't like you actually have to be upset because like the cards mm. you've been dealt yeah right now like be upset, be pissed off with the situation, like really vent it out, have your time. And then once you're at that pin where you're like, all right, I'm done, then you move on. Mm. But what I found a lot, and I think I used to do would I'd be like, all right, I'm moving on straight away. And you try and move suppress on, it. you suppress it. And then it comes back in like two, three weeks and demotivates you again. Yeah. And it just comes up a lot. So no, I agree. You just got to, you know, cop that, move on, um, you know, live in it, be upset, but then work out something from it yeah. and move on completely. Nice. Fuck, we've, we've Mate, moved on we're fucking quick there, haven't Christ, we? We skipped all the hell, intros. So how are you going? Jesus. Like, yeah. Right. I, I, Mate, um, yeah. look, I, I did initially want to kick things off. We're we done? About, yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. um, Mate, Dylan Friends has been, um, I, I'm assuming, pretty incredible journey so far. One of the things that I was curious about, you know, obviously I've been watching from afar and, and enjoying the content you've been putting out and stuff like that. And I, and I kind of knew that you'd started at least the chats and, and the conversations while you were still in footy and whatnot. Yeah. How have you found like being out of the environment of just being surrounded, you know, kind of what we talked about before, mm. surrounded by people all the time and, and just being in that environment where it's all in your face to now being able to be a bit more selective and, and have your conversations with people you really want to learn from. Mm. And I guess like, it's a pretty loaded question, but I guess what, is, what have been some of like the main takeaways you've, you've taken from being able to, to learn from other people and, um, and really dive into some deep conversations instead of just kind of being with everyone all at the same time and just being amongst it all? Okay, so um, I'll probably, with the footy thing, like I'll tell you what, like I mainly look back now and like what I've learned from that and probably like goes into the story of of why, you know, I love doing what I'm doing now and being able to talk to people and that was just like constantly being around people that want to make it be better every day. Yep. And not necessarily saying that was me, but people like I'm with, like I was with, like, you know, I hate dropping these names, but I have sat in a locker room next to Chris Judd. Like, yeah. I'm not like him at all. Yeah. Okay. There's so much that we fucking do not have in common. I think the only 
thing we had in common was both receding hairlines and we're both odd numbers in the change room. <laughs> so there's like, we're two, you know, something like that. <clears throat> but to see how these people go, it's just like, it's, you just, a human element is like, how the fuck do these people do this? And mm. you're just like, like, how is this guy or this girl like they do? So I've always been like a really inquisitive person um, and always wanted to like talk to people and how they got to where they were because yep. um, when I was in footy, I was always like, I just don't get it. Like, how does, how does this person, not even in sport, how do they get to where they are? Because like, you know, you go to school, yep. you go to uni, then, then you go what? to a job, like, like at that job, like does your boss tell you to do this and then you, like what happens mm. I just didn't Never understood it So I was always like Just really just like curious To be honest Just curious how people Have got to where they want to be And that's what I think With footy The curiosity Sort of came from um, Just with teammates And how they got better Or how they lived their lives Or how they did really well Off field And Was that something like Even off the Outside of podcasting Was this, was like the, the conversations Individual conversations With people Something that you Were always kind of gravitated yeah. towards even at the start of being at you know first time you're in at Carlton and stuff like that I was like the podcast the only difference is like we started recording the yeah. conversations yeah. like it's actually a really good question because yeah the, the questions were more just I was just really inquisitive of what like people quite successful people were doing mm-hmm. um and when I say successful I don't mean like money or stature yeah. or anything I just mean successful is in like they're happy they're doing what they yeah. want to do when they look their you know, purpose. yeah they find yeah. their purpose and um it, it's funny because like sometimes with um with footy you do get exposed to like these um networking dinners and stuff like that mm-hmm. which was really weird and you know i can say it now because i'm not in in the fours of footy clubs but i would enjoy those more than playing footy sometimes because yeah. i was like just you got access to these incredibly talented people that just want to talk to you because even if you can't get a kick they're just like fascinated because yeah, yeah, yeah. they love the club yep. and i'd be more fascinated and like how mm. the fuck are you doing what you're doing like yeah. what, what's this like so yeah in terms of that like always just been um really curious and just want to learn from people and um i hope that you know even though i've already read it off 47 quotes in the first three minutes of the podcast um <laughs> i hope that the one message that always comes across is i honestly have no idea what i'm doing like i'm just on a journey like everyone else i'm just trying to learn um and i'm just trying to sort of learn from my mistakes and also learn from other people's mistakes really that's the beauty of it though isn't it like um <laughs> Obviously, I'm not at a football club, but I'm in a similar position to, as you just mentioned, like, you know, I'll, I'll have an hour a few times a week with, with certain clients who are high-level executives or, or they're at the top of their field and wherever they are and whatnot. And it's just like, fuck, I get to spend like mm. two, three hours with these people who would probably be paid thousands of dollars for someone to come in and sit down for a consult with them and just pick their brain. Mm. And it's funny how you say that, like, often, you know, what we do is not – or what each individual does is to us it's not that interesting but to other people they love it so i think like as you touched on then in terms of you feel like you've got no idea what you're doing i think that's the beauty of it Mm. is that like even with a lot of the content and the podcasting and stuff that i do it's it's very similar it's like it's never just to produce awesome content or to make something that i think is going to go really well or get a heap of likes and shit like that it's just like documenting what i'm doing and showing the fuck ups and showing the things that go well and just kind of sharing my uh my thoughts around certain things in my own kind of journey, which I think is, which I really resonate with a lot of your content is how it's so open and vulnerable, which is awesome. I, I was watching um, the episode with you and uh, uh, the, the boys from the Imperfects yeah. podcast the other day. Um, and that was just a brilliant episode around obviously vulnerability and and, um, and 
I guess, kind of facing your fears and stuff like that. Is that something that you try and lean into often now? And I guess, like, is it always something you have or has it only been more so once you've been exposed to these mm. type of people who have really opened your eyes to it? Um, two things. Sir. I think, like, vulnerability is infectious. Mm-hmm. So it's like when someone's vulnerable to you, you're just like, fuck, well, I want to repay that. Or, like, you always I feel be like vulnerable. an asshole. Yeah, you're like, not, yeah. well, you're like, well, fuck, well, this person's so authentic and they've yep. just done this. Like, why can't I do that? Um, and I think the other thing about vulnerability is like it's it's such a skill. Like I, I wouldn't say like to that episode you're alluding to, if anyone hasn't heard it, I you know spoke about um, you know a relationship with my dad that you mm. know he, he'd um, been through some you know mental health issues and and whatnot over the last twelve months. But you know if if someone was looking at being vulnerable, I probably wouldn't say that's probably the first thing you drop. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, pro- yeah, it's it's a, yeah. like it's it's probably something that you. Um, if it's something that you struggle with or you're trying to get better at, I'll just build it up. Like you, you don't have to just drop bombs. And I yep. think that's sometimes when people, um, you know, I wasn't trying to do that for any purpose for itself, but for myself and just mm-hmm. to clear things out. And, and I get so many messages from people and people come on my show and yep. they're vulnerable and it's like, well, fuck, like, <laughs> you know, I had Zach Butters sitting yep. across from me telling me a story about his family yep. and I'm sitting there going, this is exactly what's happening in my family yep. and I'm fucking not saying anything about it. Yeah. So like, how can I not? Yep. Um, so yeah. And I think that like from that, obviously a lot of people, um, I was really surprised. Like I, I'm always surprised at the reaction a lot of things get, but I was so surprised in how, um, how, and I say this in the best way possible, like how non-special we actually are. Yep. we share that we all share the same problems mm-hmm. like we all share we're so similar and there's no one in the world that hasn't been through what you've been through i'm, I'm sure already so to for that and when i spoke about that so many people were just like oh my god like uh, this happened to me too and i was like fuck this has happened to a lot of people yeah you know, these things we everyone and when you hold these, it in you yeah. think to yourself you think you're the opposite yeah you think like, you're the only, I'm the only one the only one the only person yeah yeah I've got one more quote for you. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I've I should just have been, bought a notebook. And no, I've just, I've just been like... Actually, we'll start selling. We'll sell a, a little yeah, flip sell quote a book quote. after this. Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I hate these cringy quotes, but I just resonate with them so much. Because the other day I was... You know where I get mine from? Where? TikTok. Oh, oh really? You know, they're just like... You're just yeah, yeah, it's through pretty impulsive, like, isn't it? Golf, golf, yeah, golf, with dance, TikTok. wisdom, wisdom, golf. I'm, like, trying, I, I'm trying not really to look at it. I, I'm trying to just... Have a bit, of, put a few feelers out there, and put some content on there. But the thing that fucks me off yeah. is like on that home page, while you while your video's uploading, and there's a video playing, I have no fucking idea how to stop it. So oh, I just click the little button down the bottom, and it pause. goes to the next one. So by the time my yeah. videos upload, I've watched ten of these fucking. Yeah, oh mate, I get stuck on it for so long, um, <laughs> so long. But yeah, anyway, I can't remember what the quote is. So well, just just to your point <laughs> where you're saying before about how it doesn't have to be like a huge vulnerability or something that's really mm. weighing you down. I think that was a really good point. Like vulnerabilities can be anything like it can be something as simple as thinking like you know the amount of people i know that even something as simple as social media like won't will will reconsider their posts on social media for hours thinking about what people are going to think about their thing their Mm -hmm. their post so something like that is what am i trying to say like no i know i know all vulnerabilities are equal equal. no yeah regardless of how big or small it may seem to you or to others i think and you only I wouldn't say you only get. I don't. I don't think you get better at it. Well, you probably do. But I think once you just I, once you do these small ones, they just add up, and that will be. You'll be like, fuck. Once you've gone through a few, be like, I wouldn't give a fuck what I post. Like, I genuinely now put up some shit, and I'm like, oh my god, like, why did I do that? But it's just so. It's not even a 
thing anymore. I just don't really Yeah. Care. Well, it's even the response. As you said before, you were surprised at how many people responded. Like, I think that is powerful as well. Like, once you see that response or sometimes the non-response, you know, because often people are super scared or vulnerable about sharing something because they're worried about the negative response. But when all of a sudden no one really gives a fuck or yeah. it's n- it doesn't like... That they're probably not giving a fuck is probably not the right way to put it. No, but no, like, no. As no. in when people aren't like shocked or they don't look at you any differently and you go, oh, fuck. Oh, I can start sharing way more stuff. Now. Yeah, but it's like, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I, I don't care about anything because I definitely do. Like yeah. I will I, I will post something on Instagram and be like, check back in and go, oh my God, this, what the fuck? There's no one like me anymore. Yeah, like yeah, what, yeah. what's going <laughs> yeah. on? Like why isn't anyone? And it's only natural yeah, though. Like why? Yeah. Like I'm mean, my loser. Like yeah. am I going <laughs> to, no one's going to listen to my show. Like am I like, what the yeah. fuck? Am I, you know, all these things and even, for example, with an episode that I put out, like I always just go, "Oh my god, it's only had this." Like you know, yeah. this, this episode had that. Why is this? You know, mm-hmm. oh my god, like are we? W- what's going yeah, on? Yeah. What's going on? But I've you've just got to get well. I've got to get better at just getting out of my head with those things. And um, as I said, I never want to come across like I've got that shit figured out because I'll tell you now, I stress about the stupidest shit, man. Yeah. If I told you the things I stress about, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, I, the beauty it, of that is everyone listening. Yeah. I would dare say most people listening are probably have, are in a similar position. You yeah. know what I mean? Like everyone thinks that their little insecurities or their things they're stressed about are just ridiculous. Yeah. But in the end of the day, it has the same effect. Yeah. Regardless of how big or small my, it really is. My wife and I, we... um, So weird. It's the first time I call her wife. But we get... We laugh a lot because we're both like very different people but we both have like insecurities and, and anxious about certain things and like when she's anxious i'm like that's the least of my like, <laughs> yeah. that's what things the least of yeah. my worries and then when i'm anxious about something she's yeah. like what the fuck so we yeah. just know now like you just got to respect it and be mm. like that's who we are that's why we're you know what we do but yeah yeah it's quite funny in that way something i loved about um <laughs> yeah when you finished up your time um in the afl was i guess your response to it or the way you carried yourself finishing up in footy i mean obviously it'd been a huge part of your life and and it's a big deal for anyone that has aspirations to play professional footy being making the afl in the first place is incredible but then finishing up and, and you know being delisted i guess is something that a lot of people probably wouldn't deal with well but the way you kind of carried yourself I, I found really um i found it awesome but how like how did you get to that point if that say so let's say so, say three four years or once you kind of left carlton if you hadn't got picked up then would would you have been in that same no. headspace then no no way i think the second chance really really helped me so if yeah for people don't know like i was at carlton six years got delisted and then giants for two years but my last four years were one year deals yeah so like every okay. year i was just like what's right. next what's next that what's building next pressure, so yeah it gave me building pressure and it was like probably the fucking hardest four years of my life because I was so like stressed about like what was next. Mm. But in saying that, you look back now and it gave me the tools and the energy to go like, you need to do something. Yep. And I think to your question, I'll get there's probably two parts to it. Like I think, yeah, it was the biggest blessing that that happened mm. um, because yeah, like I said, I when I got to Sydney, I was like, I never want to be... Because like, when I left Carlton, like I had no qualifications. I had a mortgage to pay that i was like how the fuck am i gonna pay this and i had no skills and i was like what the fuck like it was genuinely scary yeah and the the opportunity came along with giants and i just remember thinking like don't ever forget that feeling that you had and make sure you do something um you know better with your time and and skill yourself up so as soon as i got up there i was like i'm starting this podcast i'm gonna go to radio i went to triple m and just learn how to fucking answer the phones and press the buttons and all those sort of things 
um, which was incredible, but also like was probably at the detriment of my AFL career as well. Right. So as much as I was setting myself up, you know, if you really want to go well in something, I do believe like you've got to have balance in your life. Yep. But Dustin Martin isn't working part-time jobs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Dustin yeah, yeah. Martin is the going best player because he's yeah. going all in at what he does. Yeah. So I think like maybe if I had just given footy everything, yep. um, I, you know, could have been different. Prolonged but it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. could have prolonged it. But I, at that stage, I was ready to move on yep. from football and really want to do something different and, and do something mm. like I'm doing now. Like I, if I could have told me I would be here and doing, chatting with you about this now, like I just, yeah, really blessed at what it is. But yep. with my footy career as well, it is something that's really uncomfortable for me. Like I don't love like being known as an ex-footballer and stuff. Like I really appreciate like more than anything, like I'm so grateful for the journey of footy because it's given me everything. Yeah. But I am a little bit embarrassed by like, because I just think I'm embarrassed by it because like I should, I, I reckon I, pr- I should have done more. Like I didn't do what I, you know, I didn't know these things that I know now. Like yep. I didn't train as hard as I thought I was training hard. Like, yep. What's that like? Lazy people think they're training hard. Yeah. Like, hard trainers think they're lazy. Whatever that is. That's a, that's another one. Um, and I did all these things, but and I'm a bit, you know, I maybe let myself down a bit in that aspect, but I didn't know any of that shit. Yeah. You know, and I learned so much from it, and now I'm implementing it. Yeah. Hopefully into yep. the next phase. So it's a funny one. It's like I'm embarrassed, but I'm also like, well, thank fuck I did it because yeah, thank fuck I failed at it yeah, because yeah. it's helped me maybe do my next thing and then i guess even taking it a uh, step even further back like you played afl football which yeah i did no like and yeah. that's it's and it's incredible fetch. Yeah. and i mean like so many people that are listening would spend their whole life trying trying to get there so i oh, mean for sure I, I completely understand what you're saying and, and where you're coming from but as you said like these like you said without it without the struggles or without the the path that you went down maybe you wouldn't be doing this podcast no. right now maybe you wouldn't have learned any of the shit that you need to learn to to level up in all other areas of your life as well yeah in terms of stepping away from football and um and being out of that i guess professional culture where you're pretty much regimented told what to do most days of the week even even outside of the season as well how did you find that transition in terms of physically which then obviously crosses over to mentally as well in terms of Proactivity, happiness, um, you know, feeling of accomplishment and stuff like that, which is hard when you're not playing footy every weekend or at least rocking up the training and ticking the boxes with all the physical side of stuff. So, yeah, basically, I've got that question. I'll just pick that up. Um, transition from footy, that was, it was a really weird time. Like, as I said, I was really excited by it and excited for the challenge, but I had no idea what to expect. And I think that was when I came back to talk about it earlier about like what, how does a job work like what, when do you rock up like how do you know what time yep. to be there because I'd gone from primary school to high school to footy where you have a calendar and you know mm. what you're doing from January to December yep. school you got to start you got school holidays and you've got to be here you got to be there you get told what class you're in so it's the same as AFL you, you're, it is structured the whole time you're like alright I've got a four day break here that we can go away yeah all these sort of things like break at the end of the year with travel and that sort of stuff. Um, so that was like the biggest challenge and, and still like to, well, not to this day because I feel like it's now one of my bigger, um, biggest strengths that I do is like my calendar is like, it is like the most OCD thing you've ever right. seen. Yeah. Like everything we do. Yeah. Calendar invite. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, bang, yeah. like it's all coded. Like it's, yeah, I yeah, have yeah. to know like <laughs> yeah. what is going on. Like, 
everything I yeah. do. It's like personal, Dylan friends, producer, list cloggers, you know, um, hustle, like just shit that I have. Like I yeah. have to have all that stuff like coded and, and timed because yeah. for me, f- that's when I start to get really feel shit because I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I don't have any, yeah. fuck, I can't see what, I, I don't know where I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. And um, yeah, to go back to that question was, it was a, it was a tough period because I didn't have that. Um, and I was working um, at a radio station in Melbourne called 3W and that was just like casual work. So like you only sort of got your shifts like a week in advance. Okay, and yeah. I didn't, you know, have um, any, I didn't know what the, like how that even worked. Like the littlest things that went on to think, I didn't even know how to, to like put in to get paid. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Which is a weird, like it's that's something that people learn when they're 18. But I just, yeah. I was 27 and yeah. like, it was funny. People I, just um, assumed they know. And I'm like, I have no fucking idea what is going um, on right now. The, after a couple of years living here in Melbourne, someone I become good good mates with was a, an Olympian. For like same thing. Like since he was finished school, went to AIS, Olympian, professional athlete for years, and then career ended. Like finished, like retired. And it was just funny. He was telling me he's like, I didn't even know how to pay a fucking bill. Mm. Like literally the most simplest things where you know. At, you learn most of this shit spending a year out of school. Yeah. You're just living by yourself or even even living with your parents to uh, some extent. You know, the simple things that a lot of people would take for granted. It's funny how you said before, like going right back to the start, how you were playing football and you're meeting these people who are successful in business and whatnot and they're intrigued about what you do. Yeah. It's like stuff that, again, coming back to what I said again earlier, it's like things that, that most people do on a daily basis that think that they think it is boring and whatnot, maybe completely foreign to someone else which is which is weird to think about something as simple as paying a bill or yeah putting in a pay slip or whatever it may be but yeah it's it's do you reckon that do you reckon there's a, a gap in that i don't know if the word, know if the word market's a good word for it but a gap in that space for professional athletes particularly in the afl that needs more attention for after the career's done in football no i don't to be honest oh, look there's always work like when i say that the aflpa the players association do like the most incredible amount of work to set players up um, post football, like the, the the support you get in footy is second to nothing in the world. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's incredible. Like yeah. th- you really do get every chance. You know, all your studies are paid for. They have business courses, court like the transition camps, retirement funds, all yeah, these awesome. things that are there. So it's like it is really good. But at the end of the day, it's up to the individual to access these yeah. things. Yeah. Um, which you know, for some some people, like you said, what I said earlier about those four years that I had, you know, four one-year deals in a row. Putting some thought to... I had to think yeah. about that and they were like to me, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. And I was like, fuck, I do. Yeah. If I'd have just had that one-year deal, I would have never have accessed anything that they needed because yeah. like, you don't think about it. But yeah. um, that's why it is hard for people and I, I would never sit here any player and be like, oh, you've got to set yourself up and do yeah, this yeah, because yeah. each person's in their own situation. Yeah. Like when I was just getting started in footy, people be like mate you know it goes quick you got to set yourself up and get something under your belt and i was like shut up like yeah. whatever but until you actually go fuck this is a one year one year yeah, one year yeah. like i have to do something it comes a reality it, yeah it becomes your own reality so um yeah it's i think they do a mountain of work but mm. in other sports and and in a, it's not actually sports to be honest the biggest one is um you know i had a, a really incredible chat one day with a with a guy named hugo tuvi who worked in the army mm-hmm. and it's a, a very similar thing in, okay. in in the army that you know these guys and girls are institutionalized like the afl in, yeah. in footy in, 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 in yeah. the army and they're just like doing all this stuff and mm-hmm. then you leave the real world and you're like what what do i do yeah um but 
yeah, I think the AFL do a really good job. From the physical side of things, how did you find it in terms of, um, I don't know if you had like any, if you had to sit down and set physical goals for yourself in terms of your fitness or what you wanted to do, whether you just wanted to maintain things and just, just cruise around or, mm. or how did you find that? Obviously, it's different than, as I said before, making sure that you're at training fucking five days a week in the yeah. pre-season or whatever it may be. I look back on photos of pre-seasons and just think, fuck, I wish I still had that rig. <laughs> you know, like when you know you have a obviously beautiful rig and you train you know, people and give them dreams. We need to talk about it after this. But yeah. <laughs> you, you don't appreciate how much you, you know, physical, um, physical activity is good for your mind mm. as well. And that was a big one for me. Like you'd, I'd gone from training every day, going to the gym, running, getting home and chilling out and then you know to now i have to work all day and then do that too and fuck like it's for for all of us people that do are in the real world um you know i say real world when you're not playing you know elite sport i i I have so much admiration and respect for people that can do it because it is seriously hard to do it is really really hard to do and i've I'm still on that journey now. I'm ebb and flow. When I first left footy, I literally did nothing for six months. Like, I reckon I did nothing. And because I'm not a... um, I'm quite a small dude. And I I actually lose weight instead of put on weight. But I get skinny fat. So, you can't... (laughs) You don't actually... You wouldn't go, oh, you're out of nick. Someone wouldn't come up to you and go, You can't realise it, which is nearly worse because you don't act on it sooner. And, um, yeah, I, I joined a couple gyms and did a few things and just trying to find, like, what my my thing is now because I don't play footy anymore but yeah like I found out now that I really love my running mm-hmm. like I did a marathon last year unreal um, just to drop that in there yeah beautiful did, did a marathon which how'd was, you find it was that obviously your first time you done a marathon it was the fuck thing I've ever done I don't think I could do it again I did it off like nine weeks of training and it like it broke me yeah like completely broke me were you push, you, so you pushed then you tried to run we did it, it as a joke time. we did it for list cloggers another pot I do with Dan Gorringe yeah we did it as a joke um, and just didn't realise how hard it was going to be. And I, it, it really got an admiration for running and how good that is for me, you know, my mindfulness per se. Like I mm-hmm. think when I'm running, I just love that break that yeah. I get. Um, and when I get in, you know, get grumpy and stuff like that, the last thing I feel like doing is going for a run, but I know it's like the best thing best for thing me. For um, but with that as well, I found the one thing I need to add this year as well as the running is that strength training because mm. if you're like running you actually get you do get strong because you're hitting the pavement and everything but i found that now with like i've had a lot of injuries before like my back and knees and ankles and my achilles is the most cooked thing in my body like some days i just can't walk but i know that if i get the strength training as well it'll help Mm. with the um going back to what we talked about before with vulnerability like this is a pretty solid question for you but what at the moment like what is something that you're trying to work on i guess for, like on your inner self like is there something in particular like an area that you're really trying to put time into or that you're at least consciously aware of that you that you want to work on yeah definitely there's so many things i think one thing before as i said like the um just the equilibrium of life like i think you know never don't get too high don't get too low mm. and i feel like i'm a very um when i'm at my best i'm just in the middle and i'm like all right good news cool like bad news sweet let's go yeah that's when i feel like i'm at my best but at the moment i don't know if it's like start of the year or whatever's going on but like i'm just so like high and then i just fucking crash and then i'm just like back and down and it's just like too 
it's just something that I need to get better at. And I think that that comes a lot into routine. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's routine and exercise and work-life balance. So like those are my three things that I know I have to get better at. But another thing that I really want to get better at, and look, er, like I know everyone wants to get better at this, is just like general just anxiety. And I think that ties into that as well. Like when you're not where you want to be, I just become so anxious. And if I, you know, I set high standards and i'm mm. like oh fuck what the fuck's going on and i think yeah it it all ties into one yeah and it comes back to those three points that i know which is hard to do when you're in a shit place but it's like routine yeah exercise yeah and work-life balance they're like my three things <coughs> going uh sticking on the theme of quotes uh, i think it was jay shetty that that mentions it all the time he says something like you know if for those that have time to meditate they should do it for those that don't have time to meditate should definitely do it you know what i mean yeah. it's like when when you least feel like doing it or when it seems least practical for you is the time that you need it most and, mm. and that's where you really should double down with it on that topic do you have a like a daily or morning routine that you try and stick to to get yourself in i guess uh, a bit of a buzzword but that flow state i'd be lying if i said i did like i would i really would i i have this i've always been really envious of people that can be cons- really consistent with certain things. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's incredible. Yep. Um, and it's something that, I'll be honest, like, I pick up a lot of things and at that stage it works for me, then I'll go off it and try something different and yep. and whatnot. But I think in terms of routine, I wouldn't say it's, like, something I do once a week. I'd say it's just those three things. It's, like, yeah, okay. consistently yep. exercising. <coughs> Sorry, mate. Consistently exercising and looking after my body. Yep which helps my mind and then a work-life balance. Like yeah. That, that, those th- three things is just like all I need to do to just keep me in a good place because I know when I'm, you know, working out, I feel really good mentally. I'm not overworking myself and I'm spending time with family mm-hmm. and friends. Like that's, a r- if that's like my flow state. Yeah, yeah. Consistently. They're like non-negotiable yeah, type yeah, things. Yeah, they're like just the things I need to do. Is is meditation something that you've you've tried, or is it just kind of something that you can't get into? Or um, it, it's good. Like I've got a um, podcast with Emma Murray tomorrow, who taught me a lot about meditation. She, she come on uh, towards the end of last year. There she you was go. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. she's the best. And I just love what she says about like meditation. When I first learnt meditation, I was at Carlton, yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I went to Giants, and we did it again. And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna me- yeah. I'm gonna fucking meditate." And it was like. <laughs> We learned, you know, it was two 20-minute meditations a day. Okay. And I, and that's like f- for life. And yep. like I've always been really big on like if I'm going to get fit, I think the best way to get fit is go, I'm going to go for one run a week. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. a month. Then I'm going to go for two runs a week yeah. in a month. Whereas I went from going to never meditating my life to meditating twice a day and it, I lasted about three days yeah. and I was done. Yeah. So the thing that um, Emma's taught me the most that I just try and do and I've got to get better at this again but one thing I try and do a lot that's a habit is just like just be present and just like yep. really be where I am mm. so like try and find a time in each day um, where you're just like alright I'm literally sitting in this room chatting on a podcast yep. well, now it's probably not good because we're talking but when we're not talking I'd be just like alright I'm sitting down yep. fuck that's a nice plant like you know my fig leaf there I really love that um my, my drink bottle, i got to make sure I drink some water. Like, what can I feel? Is there any air coming yeah. in this table? Like, fuck, there's some grain, you know, and it just sort of like lowers you down yeah, yeah. and makes you like really in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it was like 
look for something you've never seen before, feel something where you're around and I can't remember what the other one was. Look, feel, what's our senses? Look, feel and touch. Touch. Yeah. So yeah. touch something, yeah. look for something and feel something yeah. on your skin. So they're the, like the three things that I do to like bring it in. Is reading something that, that you do a lot of or even like audio books, obviously big in, in terms of producing the podcast, but is is in terms of learning or learning stuff from other people, yeah, is, is it reading for you, audio books, or is it neither? It's, do you know what, this sounds really silly, but like I would rather have this conversation with you yep. than listen, like I've learned so much today already, yep. and that's why when, you know, you get to interview people like we do, yeah. Every week when I chat to someone, I'm literally listening to a podcast that they're telling me what to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, like I'm just asking the questions yeah. that I don't have and I've just literally realised that now. Yeah. Like it is pretty much me, my mindfulness and meditating and that buzz each week that I have that conversation because how often do you, unless you're doing a podcast or an interview, no one really sits down with someone and has a chat for an hour yeah, yeah, plus. Yeah. So everything i've learned everything i know is just me of what i've learned from other people yeah. on the on the show yeah you are obviously and, uh, but no i don't read so i i need to get better at reading yeah i did read one book last I'll year i'll flick you across some some um i mean you may think they're absolutely no, dog please. shit but yeah. i'll flick you across yeah. some um some audio books and, and some list of some books i reckon you get a lot of a lot of value out of listening to will at the moment you know will smith's audio book oh yeah. really because yeah. i just started that yeah. so yeah yeah um, it's brilliant yeah yeah um, it's funny, Mark Manson, who wrote the book, he's uh, he's the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Okay, yep, I've seen that. And his kind of style is very similar to you. As in like, when I say that, I mean like he's he's brilliant at like relaying a specific message or something, that, a point that he's trying to get across, but in a way that's super relatable and just himself, if that makes sense. So I reckon you'll probably really enjoy oh, awesome. the, the, yeah, the no, book in terms of the style of writing. Um, on like that topic of humor like obviously you're you're a pretty fucking funny funny bloke is 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 comedy like something that that you've been interested in in, in terms of like say stand-up comedy like i had i was chatting with Hugh, uh, with um hugh on the show the other day yeah. and i think he's very similar like he's a pretty funny guy and he fucking loves stand-up comedy which is something i didn't know about him either and i'm a huge fan of is it something that you like or is it just something you've just been yourself and it's naturally nah, how it comes across man i'm a very like weird person like i don't like any comedy i never listen to anything i don't watch stand up i have watched one ricky gervais um humanity which was like the funniest thing i've ever seen but funny. a lot of my comedy like i don't think i'm a very funny person i actually just think that it's for me the way i think my humor would come um has come about which some people might think is funny it was just self-deprecation and it was just a defense mechanism like i think that that's technically mm-hmm. what it was it was like well how can so make fun of yourself first make fun of yourself first thing, yeah. and then no one else can do it like if you you know um fuck me i think we've done too many analogies today but my favorite <laughs> thing that i learned as a kid was eight mile so eminem yeah and you know like at the end of the rap battle when he does the rap against papa duck yeah. and he like says you know i am drunk i am a bum yeah. and he's like then at the end the guy doesn't have anything to say yeah. in the battle because he's just literally told everyone yeah all the dumb shit <laughs> yeah, he was probably going to say yeah that he was going yeah. to say so that's the way you know for me like if someone bags me or says something it's like yeah i know fucking shit has <laughs> so just like well, yeah. yeah and then it's just it doesn't go from anywhere but yeah humor wise i'm not very funny at all to be honest <laughs> Who who's like someone that you've had on the show like on your own show um that that i guess has 
surprise you in a way like someone that i mean it's going to sound like this mm. is going to sound pretty shit ass but like someone that you that you had on that you may not have had super high expectations of where the conversation could go but it really did by the end of it, you were like blown away oh yeah there's a couple that spring to mind i think like not that i didn't think it would go well i just thought it was going to go in a different direction, Certain direction yeah. yeah um one would be zach dawson yeah. that was like early days i had zach dawson on for people who don't follow footy he was you know a um Footballer who played with Hawthorne, St Kilda and Fremantle and publicly just copped it, like just worse than anyone. And yeah, to hear his story and what he went through and how he justifies it and, you know, how strong he's been through it. And yeah. It's just inspiring. Like I loved, loved his story. And I think that was one of the key moments where the show changed. Okay. And it was like humanising people and that was, wasn't meant to happen. It just yeah. did. Um, so that's one. Ted Richards, very similar like that. Um but yeah, off the top of my head, there's fuck, there's so many that have been good. Like the rest of them, like it's the MRs tough, and the Hughes, yeah. you expect it because yeah, they're, yeah. they're fucking legends, you know. Like they're just these incredible people. But I think one thing I have learned through doing podcasting is like every single person has got a story, yeah. and it's they're all worthy of a podcast. Mm. Like you've got a story, you know. Any any you could go down the street tomorrow and interview someone, yeah, and you could learn something from them, yeah. And that's where I think. Um, for me, I've, as we said a lot, like I'm so curious on people's lives. Like yeah. we we all face the same things. Um, and you know, some people have a bigger notoriety, so you hear their stories more. But um, mm. we're all we've all got stories. I've 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 often thought that. I remember saying to my partner a year or so ago, we'd I'd finished up work one day, and um, there's this lady I used to always see at work. She just worked in the venue, and she was a super nice lady. And I just thought I just said to my partner, I was like, wouldn't it be good to just put together a series where you just literally just went and grabbed just random people that you saw often or even didn't see often, and just sat down and had a conversation. I reckon mm. there'd be so many golden nuggets that had to come out of that that concept. I reckon. So many, yeah. Is there certain guests, I guess, that you have on that more so than others you get really G'd up for? Like when you have someone coming on, is there like certain industries or, or certain fields where people come from that you probably get a little more excited for the conversation more than others? Um, interesting, like I get your opinion as well, but I love like talking to people that I don't know a lot about them because mm. that's like when I interview, say, uh, my mates or footy players, it's like I sort of already know them. Mm. I know their story. And I'm more thinking like, I'm interested in this, like love the chat, but like what would someone else want to know? Yeah. Whereas when I'm interviewing someone like Emma Murray or like um, Ben Crow or Hugh Van Kallenberg or Nick Stone, for example, yep. like I'm, it's more me just going like, I don't care what anyone wants to know. Yet. Like I do, but I'm like, I'm yeah. so interested in this. I, they all these questions are just so yep. more, um, I actually don't know what, where it's going to go or what mm. the answer is. Um, so I love doing like people outside of something I don't, I have no idea about, I think. Yeah. With, with the podcast, obviously, it's doing exceptionally well. You've got the list cloggers as well. Um, one of the questions I actually got through social media is when, when the next episode of that one's coming up. <laughs> People love that show. I think, honestly, that's going to take over. Um, Dylan Friends this year. We've got some big, big plans. Um, big Danny, he's, you know, he's one of the best in the game and um, we're looking forward to taking that to the next level. But we'll be... I don't know when this podcast is out, but I think we're going to be back on the 14th of Feb. Of so Feb. Yeah, yeah, really looking forward to that that week. Yeah. Of, of that week, so yeah. What is, uh, what is like the longer term look like in terms of the podcast or, or potentially like other media opportunities or like where do you, where do you kind of see yourself in the next few years? Um, yeah, I think like with podcasting, I like obviously love this space and I think it's, you know, 
you've got an incredible network, uh, an incredible podcast yourself, and you understand how important community is. So I think it's like just building out the community and keep talking to people mm. that are interesting and keep um, building. I don't know trust with with everyone that the content's there. I think yeah. it has to be number one. Your content has to be mm. good because you can do all this shit like start a network and everything, but if you don't have good stuff, deliver. Yeah. people are going to be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, um, and you won't enjoy it either. So. Yeah, number one is just good content and keep producing that. Um, we're doing some work with like um, I've got a business now called Producey, which is basically like a, a network per se business, and we um, create other podcasts. So you know we've got launching two other podcasts this year with a couple of people. One we're going to lease it to lease. One we're going to license to um, Spotify. Cool. Yeah, and then one of them we'll do in house. Cool, cool. And then yeah, so trying to create like more shows and. And try and you know create a business around that, and then um, we also work with like businesses as well. So if like you know businesses want to come in and do their own podcast for businesses, um, like they can do that for their own their own network of of oh, their fantastic. sort of stuff. So yeah, it's been really cool because I think it's a way of the future now. Like people yeah. don't really read like newsletters and stuff. You, yeah. If you can go to your client, um, to your you know community or stakeholders with a podcast, go listen to this is what we're up to. Mm. It's a lot more enjoyable to um to listen to. Yeah. Mate, you have to release a um, NFT collection, Dylan Friends. We we're definitely in the works of that. Dylan Friends and List Clubbers, we need to do some NFTs. 100%. I, it's funny at the moment, like it's so crazy with how many NFTs are out there. Yeah. Like I think the community around it is the biggest thing. Like I had a guy on the other day which we talked about. I got him to kind of just dive into the at least the fundamentals or the, the background yeah. of blockchain and, and even like... Mate, just I'll be listening to that. I can't oh, wait to tune in. NFT and yeah. how the, the contract side of things works. It's, it's crazy, like, the, the possibilities. I think at the moment it seems like it's obviously very saturated, but I reckon it, a lot of it's just going to end up being probably trash um, at yeah. the moment. It'd be interesting to see how over the next year or so, like, how it evolves and, and what comes Definitely. of it. Definitely. I think it's the, the... Like, I don't know a lot about it. Like, I have a very basic understanding, but... I think where the real value is is like with these the membership MSTs mm. and like how you can you can um, especially with like podcasts and um, people you can engage with the community a lot more and have different levels and and whatnot. So yeah, it's something that obviously we want to would love to look into. Um, but again, I'm a big believer in you got to know like I'd never just palm it off if I didn't fully understand it. Yeah. I want to make sure that it's actually a good um, a good you know something that people would actually delivering want. and yeah. value yeah, yeah. yeah. fucking because there's a lot of things at the moment like you can you see people drawing fucking circles and selling <laughs> them for the hundred I, and i mate, all credit to them i yeah. love it it's in, it's unbelievable what um people are doing but yeah i think that it's um it's a way of the future man it's not going anywhere it's, Fuck, it's I know. not going anywhere i know plenty of rabbit holes to dive down there oh i yeah i wouldn't be able to take it too much further yeah <laughs> I've, i don't have any <laughs> nft quotes <laughs> oh good yeah <laughs> Uh, mate, look, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you on. I, I, I could genuinely sit here and just chat with you all day, um, but want to be respectful of your time. Um, we'll have to do a follow-up episode mate, at some point to. down the track. It'd yeah, be, we'd love be, to. It'd be brilliant. Um, but I think I'll obviously had the link to the show and everything in, in the show notes today, but I think most people probably tuned in already. But um, good luck with it for the rest of the year, man, and um, absolutely love the content and appreciate you coming on the show. Mate, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's been an honour. Love talking to like-minded people. You're a hustler. Yeah, love what you're doing, man. So I'm going to be... A Definitely tuning into a lot of your stuff this year. Can't wait to check it out. As, as successful it's already been, you got a new fan in me, and um, yeah, can't wait to keep keep in touch for the year. And we'll, we'll definitely collab soon. Appreciate it, man. Everyone who's uh, tuning into this episode, love for you to take a screenshot of this one, 
chuck it up on your Instagram story, tag myself, tag Dill. Yo, We'd love your feedback and um, we'll chat to you in the next episode. Yeah, no hate on the no hate on the quotes as well, everyone. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs>